Well, hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever is most appropriate for you right now. Welcome to a brand new day with Stephanie J. I'm your host. I'm delighted to be with you. So glad that you're taking time out of your schedule to tune in. And I hope and pray that something that I say will be beneficial for you. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And what does it mean to rejoice, Stephanie? Glad you asked that question. It means to experience joy and gladness in a high degree, to be exhilarated with lively and pleasurable sensations to exalt. If you do not have a dictionary or if you have one and you don't use it, I'm telling you, a dictionary is a very, very valuable tool to have. I've been reading the dictionary for a long time. One of the the practices and the disciplines that I got in school and many of my teachers did it. They made us look up words. We didn't have stuff. You know, I get frustrated sometimes with my husband because he will, instead of getting like, we have like four dictionaries (laughs) and he'll say, Siri, what is the definition? I'm like, man, if you don't get that dictionary or that the source is out there, he's like, I don't feel like doing all that. I'm like, that is just lazy. Get up and get the book and listen to the word. We have everything at our fingertips, but I grew up in an era and I talk about this in my book, Simply Simply a Seed, One to Grow On. And I talk about um, how we used to use encyclopedias. You remember those big books? People of this generation probably don't know anything about encyclopedias, but you even had them at home or they were at the library and you'd be able to go and look up all types of information. Today we have information at our fingertips. Uh, Dr. Tony Evans calls calls, um, the tree in the garden that Adam and Eve ate from. He calls it the Google tree, the tree of uh, the knowledge of good and evil. So today we have access to everything and it does, it can make you really lazy in some areas. You know, we have our cars, we don't want to walk. We have the microwave. We don't want to take time to cook meals. I don't want to take time to crack open a book when I can just read on Kindle. Now I happen to be a Kindle reader and I now have books on Kindle, which is a rewarding experience in and of itself. But I still like books. I like to touch books. I like to read my Bible. That's just me. I'm old school. And so we used to have to take all these books and I tell my son, you don't know anything about school, but definitely as far as carrying books, like he has his book bag and stuff, but I'm like, we had to carry our books through the hallways. You had to take books out of your locker, carry books in your arm, take those books home. You had to do assignments out of those books. Some of these kids will never know what that was like. And so I still have an appreciation for the dictionary. We used to have to write down the definition. They would give us a spelling test and we write the definitions out. And if you miss the word, the teacher would make you write it three times. I, I have my son doing that to this day with his words, but we use the dictionary and with, as with anything, it becomes a habit. It becomes a habit. Sometimes I used to just sit down and read words out of the dictionary. And I mentioned this in 
a book or two. My kids would say, mom, seriously, you're reading the dictionary. Who does that? And I'm like, me, I like words. I write grammar words. I make index cards. I make flashcards. We play word games. Um, they recently just talked me into downloading a word game on my phone. Haven't played it in a while, but we like word games. One of my favorite games is Scrabble. I was playing that coming up as a kid and my cousin Diana and I used to play that. And um, I was just mentioning her, to her that we, you know, that we play Scrabble and stuff. And she said, oh yeah, Scrabble is still my game. And then she said, have you heard of Scrabble Slam? And I said, yeah, my husband found that um, last year sometime. I didn't know about it. I didn't know that there was a Scrabble uh, word game for cards. And so he got that and we have a lot of fun. My son and I, we love to challenge each other when it comes to these games, especially we like word games and stuff. He's more action oriented. If my husband is playing a game, he likes it to be something he can beat you around the board, trouble and sorry. And, you know, he likes to play Jenga cause he's real good at that. We play monopoly. We, we are all very competitive when it comes to seeing who can get the most properties and stuff. And as I said, it's a good thing to do, not really talking about this topic, but it's a really good thing to do um, because it lightens your mood. You can be dealing with something and it gives you an opportunity to bond with your family members or your friends or whoever is in your life. You know, tell somebody today, tell, tell your kids, hey. I know you like the games because my son, he plays the game, but we have him on a schedule. Um, I know you like board uh, video games and stuff, but let's let's pull out the board games or go and purchase a board game or two. Give the family some diversity or get back to it. I, when I grew up, that was the thing. We played games sometimes in my family, but we played games and we came together for gatherings and stuff. And it was a lot of fun. Sometimes that alone will start to bring joy in your day. Sometimes we like to put on some light music. Like when Christian was coming up, we bought him a lot of VeggieTales, VeggieTales music. Um, he likes nursery rhymes like uh, Nor Lori Berkner was a good one that we used to listen to. And I can't think of the man that we used to listen to. He had like one name he went by. And we used to really like his his silly songs and it's fun. And we we put those on and play games with him. It, Rafi, something like that. Rafi. We liked his music. And, you know, my husband found the video. So he go out and buy all that kind of stuff. Me, I was always more into the educational stuff. But then when we started getting him into VeggieTales, because it's something that I used to play in the children's ministry when I was over it at the church that I was you know, worship leader and stuff. Um, we would sit the kids down and watch VeggieTales and do lessons from them. So VeggieTales is a good source, you know, to introduce your kids to um, certain characteristics. It's not all just about God or the Bible, but there are many, but things like forgiveness and sharing and stuff. There are so many resources out here and parents, you know, especially mothers, you know, when we're raising our children and you're teaching them, you start to have a, like I'm a, a resource, a library within itself because I can talk about it. I've raised my children. I've watched all kinds of shows. I've introduced them to stuff. I've taught them. I, I have a lot. So I'm sharing and it's not coming from a place of I'm a know-it-all because I don't. So I hope you don't listen and take it that way. Cause I know people like that and it's not fun to really be around. Oh, oh yeah, I've done that. Oh, I know that. I, yeah, no, I'm not saying that. 
All I'm saying is that I've had a lot of experiences at 49 and a half. I'm almost 50. I'm almost 50 years old and I've been experiencing life since <laughs> forever, since my childhood. I've dealt with trauma in my childhood. I've dealt with a lot of stuff and I've had to learn to cope. It's dragged over into my marriage. That's a whole nother segment, maybe for another lifetime. Cause I don't even feel like getting into that stuff anymore. It is so heavy just to even think about where you've been. Yes. I'm talking abuse. I'm talking unequally yoked in relation in a relationship and just a lot of struggles, a lot of not so peaceful times, a lot of grief, a lot of unnecessary stuff, a lot of time wasted. I've grieved all of that and I've let it go. And I've had people come to me, I had a really good friend who had a ministry dealing with uh, domestic violence and stuff. And, you know, she's like, will you come and, you know, join in? And, and I'm like, I, I, I just, I can't do it anymore. I, I just can't. I understand. I will give my testimony as I feel led or someone needs to hear it. Or sometimes I'm talking to people and I may need to share something to help them to understand that, hey, I'm not judging you. I've been through this mess myself. This is where I am now. This is where I was. But to sit down and talk about it, talk about it, have shows, do episodes, continue to talk about the person that's no longer in my life. Okay. It happened for me. Time to get over it. I told my, I gave myself a message one day. I'll probably do that as a message. I gave myself an SOS. You know how they sent, they used to send out the signals, SOS. I said, struggles over Stephanie. That's the SOS I'm sending out to you today, girlfriend. I looked at myself and I tacked up some old pictures of myself, the Stephanie that I liked my more, my younger years when I was in my thirties and I was happier and you could see it. My skin was bright and my hair was long and vibrant and, and the smile on my face was real. And I, so I realized, and this is on a segue or take us into the topic that I want to talk briefly about, because I don't even give this character, this individual, a lot of my time anymore. Although I've taught many messages on him and on the prayer line and stuff so that people can um, become familiar with the enemy that we have because it's real. But when I looked at those pictures, the few that I have left and I have a lot on my phone, but I said, you know, I like that person. I like who you were before this person entered your life. You were happier. You were full of life. You were vibrant. You were working in ministries and you were doing this and you were doing that. And, 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 and you could see it, you could see it all on my face. And, you know, um, through the years, the devil has tried to sift all of that from me. And I mentioned the last podcast, he's not responsible for everything. So I'm not giving him credit. I'm not glorifying him and nor am I blaming him for everything. He is only as powerful as you make him in your life. And that would take a whole lot of other teachings to help you to understand that. I'm not trying to spend that much time, maybe one, maybe two, depending on how much I get through to help you get this picture. He's not that powerful. He's cunning. He's crafty. The Bible, if you read the Bible, it gives you an illustration of who he is, who he was, where he came from, this whole war, everything that's going on between God and the devil and your part in it. And so I spoke with um, a man. He, he says he has a, a deliverance ministry. His name is Frank Marzullo. He's in Florida. I heard his teaching one day 
along with a man named John Ramirez, who says that he was a former Satan worshiper. And he goes around to various ministries telling about what his life was like when he was worshiping Satan and all of the things that he did. And he's educating Christians about this, you know, how it works in hell and things like that. So after I listened to the message, I just felt this prompting to call this man because I was dealing with some stuff. So I called Frank Morzulu and after a few days, he did. He graciously called me back. Very nice man to speak to over the telephone. He used to be a police officer like his dad and um, I think in Chicago or something at that time. And anyway, he got into the ministry and began teaching on deliverance. So I know that he has a lot of experience from the things that he dealt with being a police officer and things in his personal life. So I shared with him some of the things that was going on. And he was like, oh, yeah, sis, that's definitely warfare. He was like, Satan is very strong on your path. And I, I mentioned to him, um, you know, one of my pastors was saying that I grew up under. He said, you know, told me one day, he said, stop studying about warfare. Stop studying about the devil and this, that and the other. That's what keeps bringing it to you. That's why you always find yourself going through stuff, because the devil don't want you to know what he's up to. He said, get your focus back. He said, you grew up under my ministry learning about faith. And I understand this was good advice. And I know it was well-meaning. He said, you know, you started learning how to walk by faith when your family didn't even grasp it. Get back to your first love and start doing your first works over and let God take care of everything else. So when I told him that, he said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, I'm sorry. Whoever your pastor is, he's misinformed. He said, some people have a gift for spiritual warfare. Some people, God imparts this into you because he wants you to know how the enemy operates and he will bless you to always have a desire to study it, to understand it. He will give you insight and revelation so that you can navigate and get through your stuff and then help others. So it gave me a different perspective and a shift on it. And so I began to teach pretty much. I think every time that I talked on the prayer line, um, I would teach something in regards to the enemy, just educating and maybe making people aware. And guess what? You do need to know who he is. You do need to know his tactics, but don't just spend all of your time focusing on him. And then for goodness sake, don't speak things out of your mouth, giving him credit and power that he doesn't have because that's when he comes in and he takes over. The Bible tells us I don't have time to get into it and I don't want to really thumb through my Bible. Let me see if I can find it real quick while I'm talking. Um, Ezekiel tells us who he was. He was created as a beautiful angel and he was not named Satan. His name was Lucifer. Um when God created him. Now remember, he's a created being. He can't usurp authority over God, even though that's what he tried to do. And that's what got us into a lot of this mess. Um, Satan not being satisfied with the fact that God made him a beautiful angel. He was like the top man, the archangel. He was the numeral uno. He was God's perfect creature creation, perfect creation. And God made him, the Bible says that he was so beautiful that, you know, I guess it just went to his head. <laughs> you could pretty much say, you know how that can happen. People start telling you you're so good. Well, he was no longer um, satisfied with 
his position. He wanted to take God's position. Okay, I found a verse on him and how he fell, which is, I'll give it to you for reference, Isaiah 14 and 12, and then Ezekiel 28 and 16 talks about the fall. So let me try to go back to the beginning of the chapter, which this, it goes a little bit deeper because it's, it's talking about the king of Tyre, but it definitely is referencing um, Satan as well. So in verse six, let me just look at this real quick. And I have some other scriptures in front of me. I'll see if I get time for it. But so understand what I'm saying. I don't want you to take this and go devil hunting. I don't want you to take this and do something unscriptural that I've heard a lot of people teach. And I've sat under some of it. You don't have to go spiritual mapping and looking for devils. Trust me, if you get close enough to God, you get serious about the things of God, you leave the mess behind, you start breaking off relationships, you stop doing the things that you used to do. Trust me, those devils are going to come looking for you. You don't have to hunt them out. I don't want you to turn your focus, but I do want you to be aware that we have a real enemy and the scriptures are littered with passages about him. And most importantly, one that I read all the time, Ephesians chapter six on how to dress for war, because it is a war. You need to understand that we are in a war. This is a battle and the battle is for your soul and where you will spend eternity. That's a deep subject right there. So the war is on and we are just like sort of like the way I look at it. We're like pawns in the middle. God definitely wants you with him in eternity. Satan definitely wants as many people as he can. Read Revelation uh, chapter 20 and 21 that talks about him being bound in the end and cast bound for a thousand years and then cast into the lake of burning fire. That's his fate. It's already sealed. It can't be undone. So he's going forth. The Bible says he's walking and roaming and roaring about even today, just like he was in Job's day when it said back then in the book of Job, when men came before God, Satan came also. And God said, Satan, where you been? He said, oh, I was just out roaming, seeking whom I can devour. And then God offered up Job. He said, hmm, have you considered my servant Job? So there's a lot more in the Bible that a lot of people don't pick up on, or they just spend years and years of just listening to people instead of searching it out and researching it. And the Bible tells us in, um, I think it's second Timothy. I want to say three fifteen off the top of my head, three fifteen or two fifteen, um, to study, to show yourself approved unto God, not to man. You don't study just for people to say, Oh, you know, the word, yeah, I know the word fairly well. I should. I've been reading it since I was a kid. I've taught it. I sat under Sunday school after Sunday school. I've taken some Bible courses, but I don't know everything. I don't have a degree in it. I wanted to go to school to study the Bible, but life happened in another way for me. But I always read and studied the Bible. I purchased a lot of tapes. I purchased a lot of books. I've I've read and studied under other people who were more knowledgeable than I was. And guess what? I found out after some years, not everything that they were talking and teaching was absolutely correct either. So that's why you study and you pray and you ask, Holy Spirit, guide me, lead me, teach me. First of all, you have to have the Holy Spirit. That's another topic. But he, he's, he's willing to give anyone who asks wisdom. 
Go to God and ask, give me wisdom about this. Is this stuff that I'm hearing? I've been listening to this show. I hope you have a brand new day with Stephanie J. And there's a lot of interesting topics. I hope you're finding them interesting. I do. Um, there's a lot of interesting topics and I hear her, you know, using a lot of different scriptures. Well, I'm going to get my Bible out and I'm going to go through this and I'm going to see, I want you to check it out. Don't just take my word. What I'm doing with my books, with my booklets, especially the Simply God's Word On series where I go through various themes, peace, love, joy, fear, whatever. It's only meant to be an introduction. I hope that when people get finished, it's like, oh, that's something interesting. Or I want to get deeper into the word. I want to know the word like this. I want to know how to apply the word from my life. That's the whole purpose. And if I can get even just a handful of people to walk away with something deeper, then my work is done. It's not in vain. I'm sitting here, a woman who has been through all kinds of hell, all kind of pain. I've had all kinds of wars with the devil. I have recordings and recordings of prophecies spoken over my life. The last few were about more than two years ago. God has sent people along to speak into my life when I wasn't even looking for a word. It came in unexpected ways. And those prophecies were saying, you know, the, the lady's name is is a husband and wife team under another ministry, but they ministered and prophesied to me when I visited. I went once when I was 35 on my 35th birthday and the pastor spoke over my life, had never seen me before, a white pastor. And he was very accurate in his prophecy. And then 10 years later, the Lord brought this ministry back to me. No, I, it was 13 years. I'm sorry. I'm so many dates. It was when I was 47, around 47. And this husband and wife were ministering to people who were just visiting or you coming in for the first time. And they both spoke over me at different times and their prophecies linked up. And they specifically talked about my intercession, the gift of intercession. You pray for people, you pray for leaders. Nobody would know that if I didn't tell them. The husband said that. I can play these prophecies right now. I have a CD jacket. I'm not going to, but I have a CD jacket and I have a few of the prophecies posted on YouTube. The one when I was 12, the one from the pastor when I was 35. And so I didn't understand until I read a book by Bishop Millicent Hunter out of Pennsylvania called, I think it's called Don't Die in the Winter. I don't know. I mailed the book to my cousin, but she made reference that when prophecy is spoken over your life, the enemy stands up and takes notice. He might've known some things about you, but he doesn't know it all. But once that word is declared, he comes after you with gusto. And I found out that is the truth. I told my pastor one day, I said, you set me up. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, you spoke over me at the age of 12, told me all this stuff. You know, I have the favor of Mary on my life. I'm going to evangelize the world and this and that. I said, but then you just left it at that. You prophesied again over me. I said, and nobody took me under their wings. You didn't assign me anybody. I just had to go through hard knocks and understand that I was a target for it, for the enemy's practice from that day. And he said, well, that's the way God wanted to bring you up. You had to go through boot camp because he didn't want you to get it all in textbooks. So anyway. Let me just read a little bit. It says here, I think I was going with verse six in Ezekiel 28. It says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have set your heart as the heart of a God, behold, therefore, I will bring strangers against you. The most terrible of 
the nations and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of your wisdom and defile your splendor. They shall throw you down into the pit and you shall die the death of the slain in the midst of the seas. Now, of course, this started talking about the king, the physical earthly king of Tyre. It says, will you still say before him who says you, who slays you, I am a God, but you shall be a man and not a God in the hand of him who slays you. You shall die the death of the uncircumcised by the hands of aliens. For I have spoken, says the Lord God, and you better stand up and take note when God was talk, when God is talking, he talks to us still today. My time is running down. So let me finish this. I'm going to have to do at least one more to get to what I really wanted to, but just as way of introduction to who Satan really was, it says in verse 11, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, take up a lamentation for the King of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection. Now that really that's Satan. You were the seal of perfection full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God, not the garden of Eden, but Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Satan literally had precious stones on him. The sardius, the topaz and diamond, beryl, onyx and jasper, sapphire, turquoise and emerald with gold. Ask yourself why so many of these celebrities and so many Christian artists put such an emphasis on bling bling jewelry and money and riches and abundance and things like that and things of beauty. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna leave that alone. The workmanship. And I'm saying that because the prosperity gospel as it's preached focuses on these things, but you always see them on TV with huge diamonds and flashy watches. And they make sure to put their shirt sleeves above so you can see the watches and stuff. Anyway, the workmanship still in verse 13, the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. Satan was a created being created in perfection and beauty like nothing we've ever seen. You were the anointed cherub. That's who he was. People say he was a worship leader. No, he was the anointed cherub and he was music. Who covers? I establish you guys saying, listen here. I can hear my uncle Jimmy's voice saying, listen here, you jive turkey. <laughs> my uncle Jimmy died some years ago. Um, he sang with the intrigues of former R&B group. But anyway, if you know anything about them, they weren't that big, but their music is still around. I found it online. The language of love and in a moment were some of their songs. But he used to say that all the time. You jive turkey, you. Anyway, it says, um. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created until, actually it says till, till iniquity was found in you. So that's what happened. Satan fell because iniquity was found in him. It says in verse 16, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O covering cherub from the midst of fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. How many times do people fall into that today? 
You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. Verse 18 says, you defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you, all who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror. So see, now he's Satan and his characteristics are far different than when he was created and shall be no more forever. That no more forever. One day his day is coming to an end. My time is running down, so I'm going to actually pick it up again in the next episode. But again, I'm not going to focus on him too much. I just want to introduce him to some that don't know him. And believe me, this is not anybody that you want to hang out with. I am not introducing him like this is somebody to cool to get down with. Those of you who are lapsed in, in your thoughts about him, understand that even when he's laying low, he's still working behind the scenes. He's seeking whom he may devour. And trust me, like the army, he wants you and he wants your children and he wants our marriages and he wants our homes and he wants our faith and he wants our relationship with God. And understand one thing about this enemy of ours, he will stop at nothing. He will not stop until his time is up, until that angel comes and binds him. He's still working today. Don't let them be successful in your life. Educate yourself. After I finish, go ahead and pick up the Bible. Read books on them that's trustworthy. Pray about it. Ask other people who are more knowledgeable for recommendations. I can re recommend stuff, but a lot of my library is not here. I did have a list of the books that I read that I wrote down and I don't have it in front of me right now. There are plenty of good books. And so until the next time that we speak, you be abundantly and richly blessed. Enjoy this day and make a choice to rejoice. Thanks for tuning in.